was as if he'd kicked about three pounds of haggis that time because it hardly got off the ground. Three pounds of haggis. 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 Three pounds of haggis because it hardly got off the ground. Kia and good and Orvin from Today Radio, Studio 4, Kirschberg, the headquarters of Let's Talk Sports. Show 129, the natural number following 128, preceding 130. That's an easy one. But 129, Scott, it's the product of only two primes, 3 and 43, which makes 129 a semi-prime. Three five, both oh, four, I 3 and 43 a prime number. I didn't know. <laughs> what is a prime number, well, Nathan? I, Me I, being a math teacher at the well, moment. I didn't even well. know what a semi-prime was. <laughs> What's a prime well, number? A prime number, it's a, it can devise into it. It can be devised into itself, no? Yeah, and one and the number and itself. Yeah, and one and itself. Yeah, um, and not only that, mate. One two nine is actually is known to be a happy number. Enlighten me. Why is it a happy number? I don't know. That's just what they told me. Is it because of our guest? It's because of our guest tonight. Is no, that why I don't know why number? we've just started getting into numbers and things. I think it's that Daniel uh, Daniel Kayser approach. When he came on here, we just started talking about numbers because he's a mathematician, and why not? Why not just rip into it? It is the sixth of September, and the weather is pleasant. Oh, it's the thirteenth, mate. Sorry 13th. about him. Oh, it is too. The thirteenth certainly uh, works caught up with me, mate. Yeah, that's tell for me. sure. Tell end of the, that's end why we sat day. down in the chairs, mate. Your legs <laughs> are. Uh... This is the second show in a row, by the way, that we're sitting in our chairs. Very un- unlike us. As always. Um, it's our Wednesday evening show. We are joined uh, by Luke Weiss. Am I saying that right, Luke? Yes, exactly. Perfect. Okay, absolutely. Uh, Luke is uh, our special guest this evening. This is more of our domestic theme show. As always, you can get in touch with us, uh, 62152-5000. The weather, thank God, it is not roasting today. It's been so hot the pleasant. last week, hasn't it? Very, very, nice out very, very pleasant. Luke, I'm going to dip straight into a question about you, with yourself. You're t- training. Would you rather be training today? Yeah. Or would you rather be training how, how it was on uh, on fr- Thursday, Friday last week? Uh, no, I was coming home from from work today. Yeah. And then I uh, go immediately to the bike for one hour. And then I come here. Just knock a quick hour. Casual. Out of the bike. Casual what about, what about with the weather? Would you rather would you rather cycle in today's weather or on Thursday and Friday when it's uh, 30, 30, 30 degrees? Um, for training, it's easier to, to, to train in hotter weather. But for... Voices, it's better to 20, 22, 23 degrees. Yeah. Do you, do you, have you ever on the bike and you just go, or running or whatever, go, oh, it's stinking, this is, this is too hot? I have no problem with the heat on the bike, but on the one. Yeah. Because you lost... Uh, Third leg as well. In, uh, a lot of fluid, and then you got cramps in the hot weather when you don't drink too much or eat too much doing the one. Obviously, yeah. in, the, in the swim, you don't have to worry about it because you're in the water, so you're already getting cooled off. Stay, stay in there for a bit longer, take a little wetsuit, yeah. Um, oh, I mean, I guess the probably the first bit to start off with is the Rugby World Cup and the Fiji-Wales match because obviously that, well, that was on we... after after we um, we went off the show on Sunday. Obviously, congratulations to Wales. I didn't have them backed to... Uh, to win there, it's a fair play to that. That was a big. Um, I think. Did you bring the score sheet? You said you were going to bring it. No, I lied. You lied. I've got to post it actually. Uh, okay, I think I backed. 
Wales. I think you so probably I, did. I think I backed Wales. I said, I think that's going to be the upset. I think a lot of people are going to go with Fiji because Fiji, um, obviously, they, they played very well against England in the warm-up match. But, um, but they, you know, they, it didn't help. Uh, Fiji were missing the fly-off, Caleb Munts. He's been playing in New Zealand. Serious baller, young lad. They'll have missed him. Does he play, does he play for Fiji in the Drua team in the Super Rugby? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think he might play NPC, but I'd say it'll be snapped up soon. Nonetheless, out of all the games on the weekend, I would have to say that that was the most entertaining, best game to watch. It was on the end of the seat until the very last pass of the game, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. But it was just exciting from start to finish. Oh, those Fijians are tough, aren't they? Yeah, they throw and, some shots in, don't they? Just athletic build. I mean, they have, you know, there's a, it's a bit of cliche to say they've got muscles on top of muscles, but it's more than just that. They are just athletic, so athletic. Yeah, no, they're absolute, absolute animals. But as I said, it's not a rugby podcast, but that was certainly the game of the game of the weekend. Well, we always start things off here with uh, sport and the history in the world today. Nathan loves a few stats out there. What have you got for us yeah, this week, again, Once again, I got a little bit excited. Um, well, let's start at 1930. The Flying Finn, we've talked about him recently, Pavo Nurmi. He ran the world record 20,000 metres, which is obviously 20, 20 kilometres, in one hour, four minutes and, and, and 38 seconds, which Rim. is... Quick, quick, quick. Well, they've got a triathlete next to me. There's someone running. Have you ever run a, tw- a, a half-kilometre race yourself, Luke? Uh, only on uh, Ironman races. So I won. I won I, uh, actually, I do uh, Ironman 70.3. Oh. And there you won 21.1k. Jesus. That's hard. <laughs> Ironman's hardcore. I only say that because I've done a... Uh, um, I, I did. I've said this before on the show. I, I, I did a sprint triathlon, mm. but obviously, you know, being an appalling swimmer, and you know, having like I. So actually, when I was um, when I did the bike, someone took a picture of me, and one of the kids I used to teach. First thing he says, you need to sort out that bike because basically I didn't have the saddle. He was like, it's all it, the bike I was using was all set up all wrong for me, and I'm like, right, well, I don't don't really know. All, and then the run, all grunt this point, uh, yeah, yeah, all, all, all power, all power. <laughs> In terms of uh, triathlon, you know, I'm just using the upper body, the legs are just yeah. uh, just dragging behind. But uh, yeah, like the swim, I think it was only um, it was only like a four hundred. No, it might have been seven fifty, seven fifty swim. Oh, brutal, brutal. Have you ever tried swimming open water, Pete? Savage, mate. No, I, I, it's, only it's brutal, absolutely I can brutal. Get past the what, and what is the what? Am I right in thinking it's two point three miles, isn't it, for the Ironman? Uh, the, the, the half distance of the Ironman is one point nine k of swimming. Yeah, ninety k of biking, and then twenty one point one. You just say it so casual, you know. But and try and triathlon is the Olympic distance, isn't it? Because Ironman's no, not an Olympic. Have, uh, the sprint discipline. Yeah. Then you have the Olympic discipline, the half Ironman, and then the full Ironman. Okay. And what's the Olympic, um, the Olympic triathlon? What are the distances there? Uh, 1,500 meters of swimming, then 40k of biking, and then 10k of running. Just to put it clear, that's that's your discipline, right? My or discipline is Ironman 70.3. Oh, that's your discipline. Okay, so for the moment, so how old do you know? How old do you know? How old? Uh, 24 now. 24. So when you, and don't take this the wrong way, what I'm about to say to you, okay? When you started out, you weren't just good at running, swimming, and cycling straight away. What was your, I guess, your preserved weakness, what you had to work on to get to the level you're at now? Uh, swimming. Yeah. Yeah. Poor mate, swimming. And would you, would you say that's still 
the most challenging out of the three disciplines? Yeah, I, for me, yes, because yeah. it's always hard to train because you have to get to pack your backpack, you have to go to the swimming pool, then you come back from home and there you have a loss of one hour, two hours, of three hours. When you, when you go cycling, you take your bike and you go. If you need a little bit of adversity, let's say, because we know open water is a bit is, is definitely more challenging because all the splash, all the arms, yeah. just let us know. Scott and I will put on our budgies, come down and launch a few bombs at bit, you and bit uh, of bagar, uh, right? bit of oranges, and that just give you a little bit of adversity in your when, training. Something a bit when different. you're no when problem. you when you're starting off, obviously that's the that is chaos, isn't it? Because you're all jumping off, and you, I guess you can't really see where you're going. Do you you want to get out in front on on the swim? You have to study the course before you go into the race yeah yeah so you know you took for example a three a three and then you always look where is it and you can uh, just move to the left or to the right yeah but uh, in the Ironman you have a rolling start so every five seconds five people goes in the water yeah 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 so it's not that much of cows in the water yeah 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 oh very good I think that would be. Here's, a, here's me like talking. Form, it's like watching the Formula One, isn't it? You know, the start. Everyone watches it to see yeah. if there's going to be a start or a crash or something. Talk about yeah, no, things. No, you guess. Here's me talking about the flying fin. Have you ever run twenty thousand meters? And here he is. Does it? Does it for fun? Yeah. There you go. Mate. Does it for fun? Go. Anyway, we just jump back to this sport in the history. What else? I'm going to come us, on man? here four years later. The MLB commissioner um, Kinsaw Mountain Landis. He sold the, sold the World Series broadcasting rights to Ford for one hundred thousand US dollars in nineteen thirty four. I was quite interested in that, and I thought, well, what are the what are the broadcasting deals right now going to go uh, g- going at? And we're going to get, throw a few at you. You can throw any figure you like. Start at number six is the IPL. What's what, it worth? What do you think the broadcasting rights are? Bill- billions. 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 Six billion. Six billion is actually. You ask me. So that's six on the list. Six billion. That's six on the list. Is that six on the list? Yeah. Tell you. And the, in terms of the biggest broadcasting deals in sport. Champions League's got to be up there. Well, they'll come under. Well, actually, I don't see Champions League in in, in there. Uh, I'm going to tell you number Super, four. Super Bowl. I'll tell you number four is the MLB. Really? Major League Baseball. Oh, boring. That's what I thought. Yeah. I shouldn't say that, but it is. So that, they, in 2022, they saw a slight rise with 11.8 million tuning into that series between Houston Astros and Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, not sure That's about that. It. Still wouldn't be me. No. Not for me personally, but I'm not, what I'm else? not a baseball Wait, you gotta have NFL's got to be on there. I'd say the basketball playoffs have got to be on there as Number well. Number three is the Premier League. Yeah. 10.1 billion broadcasting rights. Uh, number two, basketball, 24 billion. That's that's a significant jump. I mean, you, um, oh, sorry, that's, uh, Premier League's 10.1 billion pound. NBA's 24 billion US dollars. Still a chunk What's more. What's the top one? Which surprised me, actually. It, it did surprise me. No, it they're mad for you. it, aren't they? What they? Is NFL the top one? NFL's the top one. Have a guess. So if you've got number two, NBA... 50, 50 billion. billion? Go on, chuck it up a bit more. Chief. 100. A bit more than that, Chief. Jesus, 150 billion. Yeah, 113 billion. <laughs> It's, it's the biggest broadcasting deal in sport at this moment. In, it used in, in to be, when we, when, this is years ago, we were told that it used to cost a million dollars a second to advertise during the Super Bowl. I'd say it's much, much more than that now to advertise. With, the, with the total being 113 billion US dollars, the value has increased 80% over the over the previous 11, 11 years. But um, I'm going to move on with sport and the history in the world today. 1970 was the inaugural New York City Marathon, and it was, it was won by a guy called Gary Murek. 
I think that's how you say the name, Marek. Sounds good. You can two me. hours and two hours and 31 minutes and 30 seconds. Naturally, I went on and thought, well, what is the fastest um, time in, that's been, that's the New York um, City Marathon has been run at? Two ten. And it was in 1981 by a, by a chap called Alberto Salazar. He ran it, as I said, 208.13, and it was initially considered to be the world's best mar- marathon. However, um, it was later. Uh, how do you say this word? Rescinded? 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 Yeah, yeah, rescinded. Rescinded by the what's known now as the USA Track and Field when the course was measured to be short by approximately 115 metres. Mate, that happened in... Uh, Wouldn't in, you in be pissed off? Yeah, you'd, you'd be, be pissed. totally pissed off. That was like in uh, last year, the Great North Run, which is you know, quite popular in the, in the north of England, and your woman ran it and uh, she set a new record for it, but then they were like, oh, that's... She cut the record by a lot, and yeah, it was a hundred. I think it was a hundred meters short. The course, so obviously, it doesn't uh, yeah. doesn't count. Well, Mate, actually, so- that, that sells out. He remarked in 1985, well, four years later, that he could, and he will always continue to believe that he ran a full marathon since the lack of crowd control at the at the time made him have wider turns. Weaving. Which he's he's basically equating that he's he it actually forced him to run slightly longer than a than a than a, than, a, than, the, than the course length. Of That's the course. fair. I see here 13th of September. Some, this is a big big for birth. Days, isn't it? This one, Michael Johnson, obviously legend, two hundred, four hundred meter runner. Yep. Old Warney, Shane Warne, the king of spin. Um, obviously, he's not with us anymore. Goran Ivanisevic. Yeah, he's co- well, he, uh, he was the one that beat Hemman, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he beat, beat Hemman yeah, in the yeah, final, didn't he? Belting serve, and he also, um, well, he's also now in the box with uh, Djokovic, isn't he? Oh. Djokovic gives him a bloody hard time up there. <laughs> and uh, and then obviously the last one, Thomas Muller. You know, buying uh, by Munich legend scores goals for uh, scores goals for fun, doesn't fun, he? Doesn't he? Anyway, Luke, over to yourself. Uh, see a twenty-four proper burger. Good to hear. Why triathlon? How the hell do you get into something like that? Did you start? What age did you start doing that at? Clearly a tough bugger. Clearly a. I actually started with triathlon in two thousand nineteen with my first race. Really? Yes, I'm coming from a cycling background. Yeah. And before that, I played soccer like every child. And after soccer, I did. I said to me, "Yeah, that's not, nothing for me. Team sport. I'm not not good into it." At least you said that. I played football. My old boy said that soccer's not good for. No, no soccer's not good for you. It's crap. Absolutely I, I crap. Uh, something different. And then uh, my dad had had an uh, old uh, road bike in the garage, and I rode it. And I said, "Okay, let's try. Why not?" And then I wrote, uh, I did cycling from 2009 until 2018 with the road races, cyclocross, mountain bike. Yeah, yeah, everything, yeah, different, yeah. Uh, World Cups in cyclocross and uh, mountain bike. And then my last race was uh, national championships from cyclocross in Kale 2018 in January, I think, or February. And That's bloody hard, by the way, because that cyclocross is in, in mud. Yeah. Exactly. And it, that hurts. Grim. Yeah, no, Grim. There's no, like, on slick wheels going yeah. down the tarmac in Luxembourg, yeah. which is smooth as a smooth exactly. as a plane of gla- a sheen of glass, like. Yeah. <laughs> so for cyclocross, you need, actually, f- to have two bikes, Yeah, at least. That's what TJ, TJ, TJ was saying yeah. to us. Yeah, you have to get one. Did you have, a little, did you have sure. a little bike man as well, preparing your bikes? It was my dad. <laughs> God, we love dad. And he aroused, like, huh? Yeah. yeah, for all the volunteers, volunteers out there, you are a champion. Yeah. So, and uh, after the race, I was coming home, washing everything, and then I was going to, be- uh, going to bed early because I have a test in school the day after. And I told me what to do next because my bikes were too small. I have to buy everything new. 
And my dad said to me, yeah, try it with, uh, with uh, triathlon. And I was, yeah, cycling is okay, swimming I can learn, but I don't love running. So I bought me a new pair of shoe, uh, running shoes. I tried it. I bought me an early expensive TT bike, so a triathlon bike. And I did my first race. That was the Ironman 70.3 here in Luxembourg in uh, Remisch. So that was your first? That was my first. Jesus Christ. Gee, was a, a TT bike, correct me if I'm wrong. That's the one yes. with the bars in there the and, you can, you, yeah, and you can get into a... Yeah. Uh, I don't think it make any difference what bike you give us. We wouldn't go particularly fast. Well, though, yeah, not if, but well, so we would go faster. You'd have if we the got one. Into I always say you'd have the one with the basket and the little <laughs> on the front. You know, <laughs> that sort of one. The one with the six pack of Heineken. Yeah, in the yeah, front. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one in the uh, one down between <laughs> your legs and stuff. Like There's that. three pouches that's, on the back. I mean, as well. that that's pretty hardcore. And it, was it a case of you? So you train for something like that, and you go into it quite open minded. You just want to be happy to complete it sort of thing and then you realise oh actually I was quite fast exactly. doing it yeah yeah I won my age group here in Luxembourg so the national championships in Luxembourg for the uh, long distance yeah and I said okay why not let's try and yeah that's where I am now that's props mate. are you, props. Um, are you uh, before you go out into the race are you a little bit of a tactician knowing when you want to obviously f- fueling obviously but when looking at the course this is an area to go maybe a little bit quicker a bit slower or are you just a bit like Scott and I Straight out of the no, straight I have out of the gun at this time. Yep, and uh, yeah, I know on the bike what I can push for of what. So I did mm-hmm. uh, an, uh, a diagnostic where where the diagnostic shows me how many watts I can push on the bike, and then for the one, let's see what what I have left. Awesome. You were telling me earlier that you have a uh, a coach that's based in Germany. I think he's been with you since twenty uh, twenty, which is the exactly which yeah. is the, the the COVID area or COVID era. How did how has he helped you in that period? Whatever now, three years on, how has he helped you? Has he helped with your plan, uh, your 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 training, your planning, your? So, when I started with triathlon, I had a coach, and now I changed the coach in two thousand twenty, and it was a big difference. It was another world. Um, the difference that he made is that for the moment, the best of the world are not the Norwegians with the training method. And uh, the coach of the Norwegians knows my coach, so they are they stay permanently in contact. So what we are doing now is that I train nearly the same method than the Norwegians, and that's the method which is helping me the most. Just a little side note on the Norwegians: these guys are cleaning up on the track at the at, at the moment in the world world athletics. They're really, they're really doing. Going well, I don't know. Out of nowhere, no. There have always been fit no, guys. You, you, they, you say you say that. I would imagine what will happen um, with these if they're going well. There'll be an underlying factor. I'd imagine something's been implemented from a young age, whether it's in the schooling system or the athletic clubs. I think if we dive into it, and you'll find out that normally there's a a production line that leads into it, and it's obviously. You know, guys like yourself, Luke, there's obviously a big push on the sort of cycling and triathlon. So I hope for, you know, touch wood, you guys are going to start to see the, the fruits of that. And, and, and we wish you all the uh, all the successes. Now, I'm a bit of a nause when it comes to training and stuff like that and, and relating it to different sports and, 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 and what you can take from it. But forgive me for being ignorant here, but as a coach, 
It's very, very different to a sport like squash, where you can play a squash match and then your coach can maybe give you advice after after the first game and then say, oh, uh, you know, again, I, I don't know anything about squash, but yeah, go try and get this guy to the front of the court or try and get him on his backhand or something like that. Or in football or in rugby, um, it might be that these guys are, you know, they're weak in the back three, so we're going to kick to them. Or in, in football, the goalkeeper's craps or shoot from anywhere, you know what it might be. But as a coach, I mean... I guess they can't really do anything for you on race day. Everything, everything is done in in the preparation. Is is that right? Yes, that's it's right. So my last race is now in October, and I did the diagnostics yesterday on the bike and on Friday on the one, which shows me my exact my numbers yeah. at the moment, uh, uh, how good and shape I am in the moment, and then he will say, okay, let's try on the swim. You go what you can. And then on the bike, you can push until these numbers. And on the one, you have to run the pace from, let's say, 420 to 425. And that's why I'm trying then in the race. So when you're, when you're talking about your numbers, uh, presumably you know what, you know, you're, you're obviously taking into consideration your heart rate. But see, when you're racing, are you still wearing a heart rate monitor so you can, you can track what's in, going on? In the race itself, you only go on the bike with uh, the power meter. Ah, okay. Okay. And you sort of know... I guess you don't want to go into that anaerobic red zone too much because you're going to be absolutely gassed, aren't you? But my last race, I did my fastest time ever and I looked nothing. So on the bike, I was on this... uh, The the bike computer shows me the outside temperature. So I didn't know how many watts I was pushing at that moment. And on the one, when I go to the one, I took my my watch, started it and put it put it uh, directly in my uh, in the pocket of the uniform wow so you went you went 100% by how you're feeling feeling only feeling yeah why okay can I hope you can answer this question some days you go out for a run and we and we feel very good and we run this run and then the other days we go out for a run we feel absolutely crap I'm going to jump jump into that it's It's probably because you had a few beers the night before no but you do the same that's an obvious one (laughs) but it's almost sometimes it's the same time just some days you feel good yeah. Same time. Sometimes you feel rubbish. Still exactly the same same time. Does that happen? That happens to you? Yeah. Do you know the answer why? Yeah, that uh, depends on the sleep. How many hours you have slept, slept uh, on the meal, what you have eaten during the day. You're right. You're, you're bloody right. It's those six pints the night Was before. It? Yeah, yeah, six pints. How much or how? And make a beer. Drink water or fluids in yeah. the day. Just to jump in there, I remember saying, I've said before, but I know uh, my mum was telling me um, a while back, but you sometimes you dive into the water and look, I'm not getting into the science of it all, but can it can be different in different parts of the world. And basically, some people will be sick in the water and they're like, if you are sick, just stop. There's no point in trying to complete the race because you become so dehydrated, you're just not going to be, no. you know, you're just not going to have the fuel to... I have my mother how what I have to do before the race or the days before the race and the day and the day of the race. So I have to to drink, uh, for example, uh, a bottle of uh, carbohydrates before the race with uh, a gel with coffee in. Yeah. Then I go to the race and then it's always the same. Room. So you pretty much know exactly, are, are you, exactly that same system to, and alt- so that you feel one hundred percent going yeah, to that. It works for me, but that doesn't mean that it also works for you. For mm-hmm. example. So when you're when you're when you're racing, 
obviously it's very difficult to refuel on the run. So what, do you have your, your station? Is it, do you have your bottle on the bike, which you're, you know, you can drink during the race. Is there a limit on how much fluid you can take during the race? Or can you have, you know, the gel packs, they obviously, you know, that glucose and stuff that makes a big difference. Can you, do you have time to consume a couple of those or do you just shove them in your suit and, and eat them when you're ready or no, are you allowed to do that? Or? On the bikes you are going with bottle of fluid. Yeah. Uh, and I have also a bottle where I uh, do my gels in. Yeah. And in the race, I'm going with uh, 120 grams of carbohydrates. Yeah. That is working for me. And then on the run, you only take on the station water for cooling down yourself. Yeah. And for drinking. And for the carbohydrates, you take some gels with you. So now we are, on, at this time, we have gels. We are actually really small but we have enough carbohydrates in it. So you know, okay, my gel has now 90 grams of carbohydrate and I'm going with uh, 120 grams per hour. I need this one and the little smaller one. Yeah, 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 I suppose it's quite, that's where that attention to detail comes from. I mean, as the the sport has, uh, you know, has developed and technology and our understanding of the physiology has developed because you used to always hear, I, I give a marathon as an example, but of people hitting the wall where you, you know, you essentially can no longer, um, you can no longer use, you know, carbohydrates as your energy source and you're having to use fat, trying to break down fat, which obviously is a lot harder and, and takes a lot longer. And that's where uh, there was one, one of the Brownlee boys I remember seeing, um, he, he was running it and they got the two brothers who are very good for, for, for GB. And one of them basically hit the wall and it's almost like, like a toddler learning to walk, isn't it? He just got no... You can't, you know, your, your legs can't contract and you're just all over the, the absolute, uh, all over the shop. the one where his brother picked him yeah, up? Yeah, his brother picks line. him up and finishes it over. But it's interesting. You, again, it doesn't happen as often anymore because you can get the carbs in and you can get the fluid in to, uh, to keep that going. I, I find it super, super interesting. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is like, you know, you're, and, and this is just for, again, not just for myself, but the people listening as well. In terms of your training, what sort of stuff are we doing? You know, if you're on the, if you're going out for a run, is it a case of going, you need to run at, for 20 minutes at this pace? Okay. And then once you've done that, we'll try and increase it to this, we'll try and increase it to this. Or is it, you know, do you go and run hill sprints? Or if you're on the bike, is it just, you're going to get your, your output, your watts just above, again, forgive my ignorance when the numbers to get it up to a thousand and just stay at that for as long as you can and then recover. And then the next time, or is, is I don't know, enlighten us, you know, it depends on the program that the coach gives me. So when, again, don't spill all your secrets here. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just give us a taste sort of thing. No, when you are, when the race is coming closer, yeah, your program is really hard and then you go really easy the week before, for example, that can be uh, hill wraps, that can be uh, sprints, that can be long efforts in the waist pace. Uh, on the bike, nearly the same. You go, for example, on Sunday, you go riding your bike for three hours. In winter, you go for three hours easy. In summer, before the race, you go for three hours easy with some 10 times two minutes in waist pace, for example. So it depends in for the season, if it's winter or summer, if a race is coming or not, or when your race will be. Knocking out, n- knocking out mileage. You know, you know a, a rider called, um, or a triathlete rather, called David Sibanala? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He used him for as a training buddy. 
I was last year in Portugal, where I'm going now in one month, and we was always. I told you he took you in the in the in the private plane, or he took a Alexia plane and no, I th- flew the, flew I it flew think, it for you. No, I think he was like me, a normal passenger. Normal passenger. Who's that? Who's that? You're talking about there? David Sibanella. You'll see him up at the at the club. He's training with us, um, up at the club. You must see it. It's good. They got. Oh, they got, they got he, I love oh, cycling all over the cars. Is he the um, the old boy with uh, you know? Well, that, I, hope, I hope you're not listening here, David. Has, <laughs> he, has, um, he has a haircut like you, doesn't he? Or doesn't he? That's the cut There's I'm taking. Of. A haircut like me. I've not been this introduced, is, so I can say what I want. I don't care. This is one of Luxembourg's <laughs> finest. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some gel for you, actually, if you want to do it afterwards. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Um, oh, it's, I mean, it's just super interesting because I've grown up always in team sports, and I sort of thrive that. You know, I love being in and around, um, in and around other people, and, and bouncing off people, and, and and stuff like that. Can I just come back to you a little bit? Because you asked the the you know what what messages are the coaches giving? But it's actually probably the difference between yes, they're both sports, but one is actually the game strategy, right? So in in, in squash or in rugby, we're talking about where to outplace our, how to outbeat our opponent, but ultimately in in, in triathlon. You're only competing really against yourself. Yes, and that's whereas for with with us, yes, we have that competing against ourselves because we're trying to perform the skills better and better. But we're actually it's, it's competing that, against it, a, you know, an goes, opponent. Goes back to that sort of open and closed skill, isn't it? Whereas we're because we our our performance is is not dictated to us, but. It's influenced by what's in front of us, isn't it? We have to react. You know, you can't play your shots because you have to go and react to where the ball's gone. And dilute what that. Yeah, exactly. Whereas you're very much right. Well, I'm gonna. You know, of course you're gonna. You'll run your race. You're gonna know where you are. But then also, as you get towards the end, you're like, right. Well, we've got five k to go. I need to put the hammer down if I need to. you need to catch these guys. I love asking this one as well. When you you can't help the way social media is these days, and the, and the amount of coverage people get, especially the higher profile guys. Um, and that's no disrespect to you. Um, are you uh, when you're coming up to compete in these races? You know who these guys are, and it's is it? Do you? Do you I mean, you, of course you don't worry about them, but you know if you're on the. If you're in the same starting group as this guy, it's like, well, if I can, if I can go with this guy, and not really. You don't know each other. You only know when there are also other Luxembourg in there. Yeah. Or like the big names like the pros. For example, I was the first time in Portugal in 2021 and there was also a Johnny Brownlee who was yeah, yeah. competing there. But it's not my, my category because he was starting at the, in the pro start line and I was in the age group. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, again, going back to me and Nathan being ignorant when it comes to the world of Ironman, but the big one I know we've all heard of is Kona. Isn't it in Hawaii, and that's that's brutal, isn't it? It's like out in the heat and stuff like that. Are you looking at having? Is that something you would look to to try and qualify for? What have you got to do to to qualify for that's, something like that? That's the goal for, yeah. to go for Hawaii. But the first goal is to to go to the full Ironman distance. So there is about three point eight k of swimming, yeah, one hundred eighty of uh, cycling, and forty two of 42. yeah, the old marathon to finish. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So you you, you live in, in or, or based in Frison still now? Yes. So you you would be familiar, obviously, with the Mo, the, the Moselle. Is that a, a regular, regular regular route? Let's say yeah. for for training, and then you, I'm guessing, you throw in all those vineyards for fun. Yeah. Yeah. What a perfect what a, well, I mean, I'm placing the what a perfect environment That's to like be a, to be a 
Can't beat it. Well, it's like Luxembourg, as you say, what a perfect environment to perfect to, place to, to live. Perfect place yeah. to live to do the training. With, I mean, that is just yeah. So I you mean, got the, flat and you got hills. All, all, all the stunning views. Yeah, exactly. All the mountains. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can go flat. You can go uh, uphill. You can go downhill. Whatever you want. So, do you yeah. only compete? in the the three disciplines at the same time and what i mean by that is would you ever be would your coach ever say actually there's a there's a there's a bike race in the alps that i think would benefit you to go and compete in or would you ever just compete in the single discipline or is it always always as a three no, my, or they do biathlon as well sometimes don't they they'll do the i, I think the bike and the run or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but my discipline is Ironman, 70.3 at the moment. But my coach always say, yeah, go there. There's a, a small one, like an Olympic or like a sprint distance, but I don't like it at all. I did my first sprint distance uh, one month ago in the north of Luxembourg. But Weiss van Pack. How long, how long did it take you to do? Well, I think one hour and... 15 minutes around <laughs> well, that was it's a joke it's right, good, right. I think uh, I think I did it. it I think when I did it I think it was like an hour 45 or what, something you did Vice Impact no 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 oh, I did you? but the sprint I think it's I want to say it's 750 swim 20 20, 20 on the bike in it yes. and then 5 or is it 5 run yeah, yeah. Wouldn't be built. I need to shift a bit of timber. I wouldn't be built for the old endurance, mate. You know. What's, what's good to know is that uh, Park, the still they've been. That's a a long-standing race. They've been doing that for a, for a number of years. I would go as far to say that's been going for oh, at least fifteen or twenty years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fair fair place to those guys that are that are organising that event for for such for a duration. Yeah. So obviously, with with the Ironman, I guess the there are loads of Ironmans, and then you have official. Ironmans in different countries and stuff I mean in terms of a time it's quite complicated because no route is ever is ever going to be the same is it I mean I'm, I'm, again I'm just speaking as if I know what I'm talking about but I'm sure some swims are harder some runs are harder some bikes are harder do you know um, but in terms of your own time like to you know to get to that level of Kona what what sort of a how much time have we, have you, I say we, have you got to take off? You know, what sort of improvement have we got to see to, to get you there? The first thing is you have to qualify for Kona. So you have to be at least in the top five or top 10 in your age group. And now my age group is now 25 to 29 years. And the time is around eight hours 50 until nine hours thirty. Imagine well, exercising for eight hours fifty. Well, we wouldn't do it if we if we managed to finish. It'd be more like fourteen or fifteen hours to uh, to finish it. Play a game of squash and beat the shit out of myself for about oh, if I can hang in there for about thirty five to forty minutes, I'm doing well. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine yeah. doing it. He's he's beating the crap out of himself and he's doing it for eight hours. I think the longest. The long, I I tried to run a marathon once without any training and got yeah I got to about thirty four. 34 kilometers but that that was like three and a half hours of solid running and that's that is brutal especially it's just one of those things you get used to isn't it like i'm sure i could nathan could run you around uh, on a squash court for 20 seconds he'd be absolutely goosed it's all it's all relative isn't it because it's specific to your uh, to your sport so anyway let's get on it's not all serious oh, on oh, here oh, okay i've got a question because i know where we, i know where we're going right right now <laughs> <laughs> i know where we're going have you had any like because sport is obviously fun, but we do we do have big balls ups right where we make where we make a we make a dick of ourselves. Have there any any been any time when you've been out training or anything where where you've you've fallen off your bike and taken a tumble or something that's laughable? 
Yeah, I uh, think it was 2020. We always have the Velo Summer here in Luxembourg. Did they even have the Velo Summer in 2020 when it was COVID? They probably did in Luxembourg, right? Or it was 2021. I didn't know actually. Yeah. Um, that means where they close Velo Summers, where they close many of the roads. I know because they close that little mate of mine that I go up there every day. They close the roads yeah. and they just allow it for, you know, every anyone can cycle. So the road is closed, but they put barriers in the middle of the street because it's the case that the farmer path is coming from the left or to the right. And I was on my TT bike, so in arrow position, head down, full gas, and I didn't see the barrier coming, and I crashed immediately, directly into it. What do you, when you do that, when do you do that, do you think, is, is it a case of, is it, when that happens, is it a case of, am I okay, or is it shit? What's happened to the bike? Is the bike because the bikes aren't cheap, are they? No. Uh, the first thing I was looking was the bike. Yeah. And then I was looking at me, and then I trained. There you go yeah, with it. The unfortunate thing is you didn't have any spectators. Yeah. No, there's no. So what do you do when you crash? Do you get up straight away? You know, just check around, make sure nobody <laughs> saw it. So hard to crash. Yeah. Yeah. There's no farmer Bill feeding his cows in the no. in, the, in the field. Just no, get up and give it more yard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just get up and keep going. And no, uh, no cuts and bruises, or you go straight over the barrier. I go straight over the barrier. The barrier. <sighs> only me, but the bike crashed only. Uh, that happened uh, to one of the Schleck boys, didn't it? Well, they they would do it probably long about long time ago. One of them, I'm it was, pretty I think sure, it was a, a tour de Swiss. It was yeah, you know, yeah. I think Frank was going must be about sixty, probably sixty, close to seventy k yeah, an hour, yeah. and yeah. over the barrier down down a bank. I think he he was out for quite some time. Jesus, I remember seeing the video. It's one of those things where you're like, oh Jesus! It's like when you ever see those skiers, they go off piste and then they realise they're getting some of these guys. <laughs> they go off the edge and they're like, oh shit! Turns out there's no uh, there's no run here. So it's just, I mean, I we talk about saying, rugby. We, 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 we know rugby is these guys are tough and stuff. You know, we look at the Buck Shelford incident. But some of these guys that are running racing in the Tour de France or in these other tours, I mean, they, they can come off their bike, break a break a hip in some cases, and they're literally back on the bike, and they know that their hip's broken, but they'll get back on and stay for another whatever five six days just for, just for their team, not even to win it, just for their team. And in some cases, that chip or that fracture can be getting worse and worse and worse. So <laughs> tough those guys that are on the bike. As I said, mate, it's not it's not all serious. Okay, <laughs> that's just you just got two interested blokes. Uh, but um, you don't train on your own, do you? You train with a, a group of. Uh, do you train with with other? No, the most. Part of training, I do it alone. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, okay. What do you listen to then? You must have something in your... Yeah, I have The Let's Talk Sport podcast, yeah, obviously, all 126 <laughs> episodes of them. Huh? <laughs> but um, do you ever do you ever link up with the other other athletes and stuff like that? Yeah, I have a good friend uh, who's living uh, near Dickwish, and I, I was trained with him. And when I'm not training with him, I'm doing the most time alone. That's fair play, mate, to get up and, and be slogging out those distances. I mean... When you so when you when you go off to compete, will you be going alone, or will there be other people from Luxembourg flying out there to to compete? When you go to where do you say you go in Portugal? Is that right? Portugal is the next one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we are from the team or from Team Extra Three M Snooze. Yeah, when waiting for we are actually what was that team? X Three M Snooze. Oh, 
That's a Luxembourg. Uh, that's Burgers, a Luxembourg mate. based team. You've not been down to Snooze Burger, mate. Oh, yeah, but it's actually it is actually the Snooze. Burger, the snooze snooze West West. So you know the uh, well, you know they, the owner there, do you? Yeah. Oh, we'll give him a, we're giving a shout out to Snooze Burgers, best <laughs> best burgers in Luxembourg. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here. This one. Yeah. Well, can we get some free? I oh, mean, it's good crack down there. Just so you know, there's a burger on there called the Chuck Norris with the ten stack. Completed it, mate. I've done it. I've eaten it. Nothing from you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, just just going back to it. So how many of you are going out for that? How many of you got from that team are going are going out? Uh, to Portugal, I think we are six or seven there. Oh, nice. You're going out with a good crowd so then. In Portugal, it is like this. The race is on Saturday and you have two races in one day. So we have the half Ironman and the full Ironman distance in one day. What? Yes. So the day starts for the pros uh, around short before eight in the morning. And then for me, it's around... 7 10 7 15 and then the full Ironman starts at 9 and the last one is coming to the finish line at midnight or 1 a.m that's brutal 16 hours 70 hours a jesus day. that's brutal so tell me this you finished the half iron man yeah. how long have you got before you start the next one and then it's winter season it's no winter. no i mean so you've got um so when you go you're yeah, doing the two races at the same time so you start the first one. Do you, you don't get a break. It's just all the way through. No, you, I only do the half, man. Ah, okay. I'm with you now. I'm you with you now. Half, you can sign up for the half yeah. or for the full. Ah, okay, okay, okay. But for the moment, I'm doing only the half and next year too. But in 2025 is the goal that I'm doing the first long distance. So I'm just on the we- I'm just on the website now. They say the swimmers in a bay, the bikes hilly, and the run's going to be rolling. I can even register in if you want. You've, you've already registered. Or you want me to do it now? I did. I can register. I'm not going to pay yeah, for yeah. you, but I can register. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go, mate. You, was, okay, you, need, you need an agent, okay? Nathan will sort you out, mate. Huh? Yeah. So the average air temperature will be 18 degrees. Water temp 17 degrees. Just prepare yourself. Up. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. Do you have to wear? The a wetsuit, or could you yes. just go in the budgie smugglers? Under you know, twenty four degrees, you have to wear a wetsuit. <sighs> Under twenty four, you have to wear a wetsuit. Oh, well, you say we, we we're going to do our photo at the end. I'm going to make sure I put on. Luke's been an absolute legend in giving us one of his old, I uh, know. one of his suits. And me and Nathan will, will stick it on for the photo when we post. For those it that on. are listening, can you put yeah, it up? To, can you put yeah. it up to the camera? I've got a few pair of spare, spare pair of socks in my bag as well, so you can shove them down the front as well. But um, yeah, I mean, it's not all serious on this, mate. Um, so. The big question we always ask our guests when they go on, um, if you could have like a big long, you know, like the mullet, you know, like short on top, long hair at the back, mm-hmm. would you have that or would you have the moustache? Uh, no, either long, long hair. Oh, legend. I was going to say, what I like. yeah, most of the Luxos always in, pick the, uh, the, the tash, you know. In January 2021, I had also some uh, weights. What a story. I'm going to have a creep want, on your I face. Want the full, I want the mullet. I want, are there any other mullet? Um, Nathan just we, wants people with mullets because he can't grow them I anymore. Got, I'm just envious if I, yeah. if I could have a chance, I would. Um, any other uh, mullet um, triathletes out there? I mean, Not really. Listen, we can be the, we can be the first beautiful golden you could, locks. You on, could, you've got so, some beautiful so golden locks on you as well. If it you, would be uh, an absolute beauty. When, when, you're, when you're doing the triathlon, you're obviously wearing a hat, aren't you? Or do you have to wear a hat? Band, a wristband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could like, if you had like the proper mullet, obviously it's still going to be wet. Imagine and then when you get shake. into the transition, mate, you get that bad boy off and then... Imagine the, the shake. You. you can just Imagine. shake it around, just piss everyone. Like a... Like... too many times. 
like a uh, well, golden Labrador, right? One of the well, um, I'm trying to think of the golden retriever, yeah, like yeah, a yeah, golden retriever. Yeah. It gets out of the water and it's like, don't shake, don't shake. Okay, he's shaking. It's all good. And then more importantly, if you had your own way and tried to spice up the uh, the world of Ironman and triathlon, and you could not you know, uh, be in a suit, but you could wear like, you know, like the board shorts. And this is purely an aesthetic point of view. It's not, don't think performance wise. Would you wear like the long boardies or would you wear the, you know, the speedos? With with, with the mallet, with the mallet as well. With the mallets, but the long ones. Yeah, with the mallet, with the long ones, good. Building up a good, uh, a good, a good image, you know, at the moment. And then if you're in the gym, you got the socks, do you you pull them up here? Or do you have them, do you have them down low? Always longer socks and white socks. Always white. Walk, walk, walking socks, like gym walking socks with Roman sandals on. Big, or? big JCB ones. <laughs> In the gym, it's mostly like uh, long socks. socks. Yeah, <laughs> long, long high socks. I tell you what, and, uh, oh, well, we, we could make an advert out of this. If, if Snooze are thinking about yeah, it, we can exactly. mullet. I'll give Snooze a follow. I'll give Snooze a follow. Get some commission, you know, when you get all the people down there. <laughs> um, when you're, I mean, I have, I feel like I haven't said this in ages, but part of um, the way sports gone, it's all about trying to get the crowd uh, involved. And unfortunately, the nature of a longer sport, um, you know, such as the Ironman or the triathlon, is it's very much the purists who, 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 who will go and watch the whole thing. Um, but certainly with sports like darts and boxing and, and you know, the UFC, the music it plays a big part in that, trying to get the crowd involved. So if you were, you're, you, you know, touch wood, you'll be out at Kona this year or next year and, and you're about to compete and you get introduced, uh, you know, at the start line, what music, what music would you be have, you know, uh, would you have playing to walk out just before you obviously dive into the water? That's a good question because it will never happen. So I didn't ask a question to myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh well, what do you? What, it's pretty easy. What are you listening to when you're out doing your training? Uh, it depends when it's an easy training. It's like French rap or US rap or yeah, normal like Tomorrowland EDM or something <laughs> like Tomorrowland. This. Yeah, flash it back. When yeah. I have some hard intervals, I mostly listen to hardstyle techno. Heavy, big, big, heavy yeah, bass got, I and mean, stuff like that. I'd need that to get me up a hill or something. Gives you more power. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so basically, if you want to be good at cycling, do hard power sessions and listen to heavy techno. That's basically it, isn't it? And French so, rap and French rap when you're on the Moselle. When you're on, on the, the easy. On, when you're on the flats. As, as you, you know do. The French side of the Moselle. Sounds like, <laughs> we, we, it sounds like we, uh, we're making a music video here. But, um, I mean, Luke, very, very insightful. Again, especially for two guys who are not from from that from that world so again we're not kicking you off here but thank you so much for joining us it's been really awesome to hear how things are going keep in comms with us and we'll definitely uh, definitely be teeing you up and yeah if you want to go for a burger at Snooze you know I'm quite, uh, they should probably give me a card actually I'm down there so much you know I'll just say I know a few of the guys on the bike but is that um, do, you, you, do you train with those guys because you see a lot of those guys out in the, in the, in the Snooze shirts as well yeah, the snooze shirts are mostly people of the cycling team. Oh, okay. So they're only doing uh, cyclocross races, uh, road races, or gravel races. Okay, is that a guilty pleasure? Would you go for a big burger at snooze, or are you quite strict when it comes to the diet sometimes, and stuff like that? Yeah. Sometimes, when it's winter break or something like this. We'd be a big fan of the old beef burger, wouldn't we? No, we're, we're not, definitely not sure. I have a beef burger, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, I mean, I guess the first one we'll talk about is... Poor old uh, the Red Lions took a bit of a pound in there against Portugal, didn't they? 
nine nil it finished up massive 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 I, you know a little bit of a shame that we didn't we didn't front up was it you that said to me earlier on did um, Luke Holtz did he walk from the I don't know the, I don't know you see all sorts of stuff in the in the, in the, it, in the press well I think what's disappointing that we played so well against um, on Friday night against uh, Iceland Iceland winning you know getting getting that win 3-1 and then to go and get absolutely tonked I tell you what my messages were, were, were going off from New Zealand some people were going you know come on get the back of the net like so I mean I think there's, it's, a, there's a tonking and there's a tonking yeah I think it's all relative though isn't it because unfortunately whilst there are more opportunities in football you know to play at a high level there is still that you know how they do the European Nations Cup where they basically seed all the teams based on your 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 world ranking and stuff like that in uh, qualifying for the tournaments. You know, ultimately, you've got to be the best team, so you've got to be turning up results. But in saying that, there's still a very, very good chance that they could qualify because um, they basically, it all comes down to that game against Slovakia, isn't it? I think it's in Slovakia. Is it? Am I right? Think is it in Slovakia? So you know that's a huge, huge, uh, huge thing. But yeah, to concede something like I'm wondering like, if I'm wondering if that's nine got nine nil. I'm wondering if that's going to be the biggest margin in international football in ever. 20, in, no, in 2023, could be. It's up there. I mean, Luxembourg lost to Eng- Luxembourg woman lost to England woman. I think it was ten nil. Yeah. But I think that. Y- for me, there's a, you can kind of understand that because, the, let's say, the women's football wouldn't be as close as what the men's football yeah. would would be. You know, like so, just look at professionalism alone. So, yeah, okay, it's a big score, but I can, I can, let's say, I can understand it just for uh, for the simple reason England just won the Euros. But nine nil. Did you did you watch it? Did you watch the match, Luke? Luxembourg against Portugal. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Did, you have, did you turn it what, off? What, early? what did you yeah. think, Luke? What did, what did you think? I think that they were not disciplined or motivated enough to play against them because they have the match they have won a lot of matches before and they said okay it's it would be a 0-0 or 1-0 for Portugal or 0-2 you, you'd almost take that wouldn't you yeah. well you yeah. would but you but to 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 win or to to lose 2-1 or th- even even 3-1 you've still got yeah. to put in a, a a decent shift yeah but for me, it's when you when you look, Portugal has a market value of players for nearly one billion, and Luxembourg had a market value of thirty million, thirty-five. Yeah, not even no no so no, no comparison. That's the big difference. Big big there big difference. Um, I mean, what what is interesting is um, as, as when you when you talk about the amount of money. But I, I was talking to um, a friend of mine who's. He's he's a big fan of of the of, of football, obviously, and and takes an interest in the, how the, the the style of play that Luxembourg were were obviously trying to you know which they do play and and they like to play out from the back as opposed to just hoof it up the park and and defend and it's one of those ones where it's it's just one of those days where their style of football almost invited Portugal on to attack them and, and they had a field day. You know, we've all played when you can have 50 shots at goal and all 50 of them go in, you know. Um, but, you know, as I said, you, you, you don't have time to, to worry about it because um, I'm just looking at the fixtures here. Um, you've obviously got Bosnia on the... Uh, oh, sorry, the big one is Slovakia, which is on is it on the 16th of October. Is that right? Is the away game or is that at home? I've got a funny feeling that might be at home. I don't remember no, us no, playing Slovakia. No, that, that's yeah. already been played. So um, Luxembourg have got to go to Iceland um, on the 13th of October. Luxembourg are hosting Slovakia on yeah. the 16th. So that's big. That's at home, you know. Have you been Have you been down to Stade Deluxe? No. No. 
we'll go down to that one, mate. That'll be yeah. that'll be ram jam down there. It's it's a cool stadium. I've been lucky enough to play there myself a couple of times. And then you're sort of rounding things off. Yeah, you've got a nice run, you know. You've got um you've obviously got Iceland, you're going to Iceland, you're then hosting Slovakia, you host Bosnia Herzegovina um on the on the sixteenth of November and then nineteenth of November, you know, you're travelling to Liechtenstein and you're gonna try and rack them up you know and hopefully i think it'd be huge wouldn't it i mean to qualify for a major event would be oh, unheard of unheard of you and, know? And, and i would doubt luxembourg's qualified never it's never been done so, never been done okay. know? and actually at the moment the points tally that they have is equal to the highest that they've ever achieved in in a qualifying event and you've still got one two three four matches to go you know so we wish them all the best you know it's uh Absolutely, uh, you know it is Luxembourg's most popular sport. You know, rightly so, because everyone, everyone's everyone's involved in it. But yeah. you know, see, um, on Monday night, um, our under twenty one team played England and, yeah. and Diffidange. They went down three nil. Um, Liam Delap he put the lines ahead just before the break, so it was quite good for Luxembourg to hold them off for 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 that period of time. Um, and then two, then two goals in the second half. Callum Doyle and Cole Palmer. They they were that were you know close. I mean, so you got you got to remember. I would I think it'd be fair to say that the majority of that Luxembourgish team are probably playing in the BGL league, and that's no disrespect to the BGL yeah. league. And I would not be surprised if most of that England twenty ones play, team are playing in the Premier, Premier league, league. You no, know, very so. much. So there's there's a number of players that that were, um, and we've got to take take the fact that Luxembourg had actually beat Northern Ireland. Um, on last couple of days Thursday. earlier, that's yeah. right, that's right. So they won that right. one. So they won that one one nil. Um, so they've got the let's say their first three points in the bag, so to speak. And the next game is on October twelfth uh, against Ukraine. So yeah, bit of inter international football going on for you. Would you were, if you if you had to pick a team to follow in football, who would you follow? I'm not really in football. I'm really into basketball. Okay, American basketball. American, Very good. Who, and who American you, basketball. And who do you follow? Yeah. Los Angeles Lakers. For what? Okay. For what reason? There's a number. There's many teams. I'm not sure how many teams in the NBA. Why? Why the Lakers? I like the team, the story before, like LeBron James or Kobe Bryant, and then um, yeah, I love the players who are playing there and the whole story actually, and the colors, of course. Yellow and purple. Are they for you? Can't be. I'd wear a Lakers shirt, yeah. yeah. If you had to support someone in the NBA, who would you go for? Probably go Rogue and go the Chicago Bulls, just from watching. Everyone's watched The Last Dance, haven't they? I do need to get myself a, pip, a Pippin shirt. So. You'd, go, you'd go Pippin over Jordan? And not, not a case of Pippin over Jordan, I just think Scott, Scotty Pippin, you know? Yeah, I get called that as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's very, very cool. I mean, to be honest, if I could have any basketball shirt, I would probably have um, Jackie Moon. Have you seen Semi Pro with uh, Will Ferrell? Um, uh, th- th- type yeah, it in there. Have a look at it. The, the, uh, I, know, I know what you're talking. The Flint, the Flint Tropics. Yeah, that would be a that'd be a hell of a shirt from back in the day. But yeah, I would still. Uh, I mean, it was interesting because we had Gavin Love on um, on Sunday night, and he's uh, obviously head coach at Ettlebrook. And I mean, even he was saying, unfortunately, basketball is one of those games where more often than not you see the highlights and it's the same with a lot of sports as well and then you know whilst it's impressive to watch these guys you know he's like you know good players will shoot sort of 50-60% you know which is only 6 out of 10 which I'd say only 6 out of 10 but it's not like 
um, they score every time. I remember Oshin telling me he went to watch the, the Brooklyn Nets and he's like, man, mate, they're rubbish. They, they never score it and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but it's know? a good night out. It's, it, is, it is entertaining. It's expensive but though. It's, uh, well, it depends you, you on know, you ain't, you ain't, six or seven points. You ain't getting your Demi and Walford on for no, two euros fifty. Exactly. You know if you ever want to watch rugby, you want to come, you want, you want a big, big bottle, you go down to Walford on, they, they cost charge you about two, two fifty and you get a big bottle. Absolutely the best bargain <laughs> in Luxembourg. Turn up in your gumboots and uh, and you'll be yeah, flying and, and, and enjoy the enjoy the night. Well, gents, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you both on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, I've really enjoyed it, mate. We'll definitely stay in comms and we'll uh, we'll get you on again. I can't wait to get, you get on. I can't, into... I can't wait to see you uh, getting out of that, getting out of the water with your uh, taking your head off, and waving the locks everywhere, shaking that yeah, uh, shaking that mullet. Jealous, jealous, Jeez, jealous. Jealous. Um, You can check out the rest of the team from 6am tomorrow. You've got Sam Steen uh, at 6 o'clock. You've also then got Stephen Steps Low with the lunchbox at 12. And then don't forget Melissa Dalton from 3 o'clock with the home stretch. We love tuning in to Dave Burrows in his DB3 sessions. And of course, Sarah Tapp and her hangover shows. Until then, Pete, it's Chur. Chur. The weather brought to you by Inovos. Energy for today, caring for tomorrow.